Turret. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. British Prime Minister Johnson declared Russia is planning the biggest war in Europe since 1945. The British Prime Minister said Sunday all the signs are that the plan has already begun. Intelligence suggests Russia intends to launch an invasion that will immediately encircle Ukraine's capital city of Kiev, said Johnson, and people need to understand the sheer cost in human life that could entail. He said that any conflict could be bloody and protracted. I would think so. Then, from the Russian Times itself, The recent actions of Russia are all indications that Moscow is planning to launch a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg said Sunday and insisted that a military incursion could be just around the corner. All signs, he said, point to Russia planning a full-scale attack on Ukraine. No troops are being withdrawn, as Russia indicates, but new troops are being added. He also suggested that Russia is planning a false flag as a pretense for an attack. He said the risk of an attack is very high. We want to get Russia to change course, he said, and sit down with us. The Secretary General's words echoed a statement made by U.S. President Joe Biden on Friday. At this moment, he said, I'm convinced that he's made the decision. We have to believe that. Sultanberg's comments came on the same day that he made a speech at the Munich Security Conference. He said, this is a new normal, that we have Russia, a Russia which is openly contesting core values for European security, and then demonstrating there will be, they will use force or the threat of force to get their will, he added. Well, I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And you might think, well... What do I have to do with Russia? I'm talking about you. What do you, what do I, what do we have to do with Russia? It's just out there. It's over there. Ukraine is over there. So why should we be concerned? Well, there may be a number of reasons why we should be concerned. And we're going to talk about that here today on Viewpoint as we take a look at wars, rumors, and Russia. Wars rumors and Russia. The Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars. I have been reading a history of the world uh, gradually over a period of time, and one of the things that is a constant is wars. Wars, wars, and rumors of wars. The Bible said Jesus warned that one of the key characteristics of the times immediately uh, preceding the second coming would be wars and rumors of wars. But he said these are only the beginning of sorrows, among other things. So today, as we look at wars, rumors of wars, and Russia, we are going to take a look at this matter of Russia and Ukraine and what's actually happening there in ways that perhaps you have not considered. In fact, ways that you have not heard of. 
because most of the conversation out there is what you might call geopolitical theorizing. Geopolitical theorizing. But today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a much bigger look at this matter of Russia and the Ukraine and the United States and Europe and the world. Is it possible that actually this fits the stage or sets the stage for the fulfillment of other aspects of biblical prophecy? This very day, I had a long lunch with a pastor who is heavy into uh, issues of prophecy, and we, we were talking about this, and he asked me many, many questions. I gave him a series of articles, and we, he asked me many, many questions about this issue. And as we talked, it seems that we're, there was a continuing affirmation. Wow, this is a much, much bigger picture than anybody is really willing to consider. So, please, I hope you will purpose in your heart and your mind to listen to the entire program. If you're not able to hear the entire program live, then go to our website, saveus.org, starting this evening, and listen to it online. Listen to it uh, via podcast on your cell phone. That's, by the way, how two-thirds of our listeners listen today all around the world. And in case you have not heard, last month, I'm told that there were actual listeners, not people who could hear, but people who actually did listen to this program in 113 countries. Wow. You see, there is interest out there. There are people all over the world that are concerned they're not hearing the truth. They're not hearing the truth with regard to the Bible. They're not hearing the truth with regard to uh, the implications of the Bible uh, as it pertains to biblical prophecy and the things going on in our world. And people are seriously desiring to receive that kind of insight so that they can better understand uh, the trajectory of what is taking place here on our planet. And I'm sure that's true also for you. According to Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, he said all signs suggest Russia is on the brink of invading Ukraine. On Sunday, CBS News reported the U.S. intelligence agencies have confirmed that Russian commanders have received orders to proceed with an invasion of Ukraine, with commanders on the ground making specific plans for how they would maneuver in their sectors of the battlefield. Blinken maintained that Washington's position that the deterrent impact of sanctions would be lost if they, trig they were triggered before an invasion, in spite of the fact that Ukrainian President Zelensky's passionate plea on Tuesday, uh, Saturday to unleash them. Everything we are seeing suggests that this is dead serious, he said. We are on the brink of an invasion. Blinken said that the West was equally prepared if Moscow invades. Wonder what that means. The West is equally prepared if Moscow invades. I don't think so. What he means by that is sanctions. Western leaders have been warning of an imminent Russian invasion of Ukraine, estimating that more than 150,000 now Russian troops have encircled the country, and some are saying as many as 190,000. 
This is a very big deal. But what does it mean? Why is it a big deal? Is it just a big deal because of Ukraine, because of the threat, uh, breathing threatenings and slaughterings against Ukraine? No. It is much, much bigger than that, my friends. And uh, let me just suggest to you that if you want to get a bigger picture of the nature of the situation with uh, Russia, uh, you might just get a copy of my book, King of the Mountain. The book, King of the Mountain, will give you some insights as to the bigger issue with regard to what is called Gog and Magog versus God. Gog and Magog versus God. It deals with Russia. It deals with other nations that the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 38 and 39 are going to be involved in an end-time battle. It's on our website, saveus.org. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Wars, rumors, and Russia. That's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint. Intelligence suggesting Vladimir Putin is preparing to invade Ukrainian. The Ukraine is not a bluff, according to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He said this is a very, very dangerous thing and would be a mass casualty event for civilians and not only military. He went on to say that Putin is amassing not only combat power, but also logistical support, medical support, combat aviation, and these are deliberate and not merely a bluff. It would sound like that. And uh, so what are we doing about it? What is the response of America? What is the response of, the, of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and so on? We'll talk more about that uh, in the portions to come. But I want to go back to the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. Here is a $20 book, yours for $15, on our website, saveus.org. And I can almost guarantee you've never read anything like it. It's not bragging, it's just a fact. When a Jewish, non-Messianic Jewish talk show host determines to interview me for seven hours, hours concerning this book because it was so had of such vast import you might just think that you might find it helpful to understand the dynamics of what are taking place in our world king of the mountain the eternal epic end time battle and uh, it's yours as i said a 20 dollar book yours for 15 dollars on the website saveus.org you can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries P.O. Box 708-7879 Richmond, Virginia 23255 again that's P.O. Box 708-79 Richmond, Virginia 23255 Acting U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine 
Kristina Kvin warned on Sunday that a Russian invasion of Ukraine would be disastrous. Disastrous for Ukraine, of course, with the potential for thousands of casualties, but also disastrous for Russia. Not only because Ukraine will fight and Russia will face casualty too, but also because Russia will face devastating sanctions by the United States and other partners and allies if they take this path. So she was asked if she believes Russia will invade Ukraine, and she agrees with uh, Joe Biden's assessment that such a situation is likely to happen. She says uh, Putin has made his decision. On Sunday... The U.S. cited intelligence reports saying that Russian military officers have already received orders to launch the invasion of Ukraine, and at the same time, satellite imagery has revealed that there have been multiple new field deployments of armored equipment and troops in Russia near the border with Ukraine. In addition to that, the uh, Israeli National News declared... Today, the U.S. has presented evidence to the U.N. that the Russian government has prepared lists of Ukrainians to be killed or sent to camps following an invasion of Ukraine. The letter sent to U.N. Human Rights Chief uh, Bachelet states that the U.S. has credible information that indicates Russian forces are creating lists of identified Ukrainians to be killed or sent to camps following a military occupation that Russia is preparing targeted killings, kidnappings, forced disappearances, unjust detentions, and the use of torture against Ukrainians and calls the expected invasion a human rights catastrophe in the making. Also expected to be targeted are Russian and Belarusian uh, dissidents in exile in Ukraine, journalists and anti-corruption activists, and vulnerable populations such as religious and ethnic minorities. So, French President Emmanuel Macron yesterday proposed a summit between Russian President Vladimir Putin and U.S. President Joe Biden, and the proposal was accepted in principle by both parties. At the same time, the French palace also stressed that a Putin-Biden summit can only be held if Russia does not invade Ukraine. The White House later confirmed that President Biden accepted in principle a meeting with Putin if an invasion of Ukraine has not happened. Now, what we're doing here in the first uh, quarter of the program today is setting the stage. Many of these things you have heard. Many of these things you have heard or are going to be hearing shortly uh, from other sources. But there are aspects that you're going to hear today that you have not heard from other sources and are not likely to hear from any source whatsoever. That is why you need to stay tuned in order to understand the greater picture of what is taking place and why. Now, according to the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, he said, Ukraine is defending all of Europe. Ukraine's army, he said, is defending all of Europe. So while Zelensky and top Kiev uh, officials have presented Moscow as posing a military threat to the whole continent, the Biden administration still insists, though, it would not respond to a hypothetical Russian invasion on America, with American boots on the ground in Ukraine. 
So U.S. officials have predicted several possible start dates for a Russian invasion of Ukraine, all of which, by the way, as you know, have already passed without incident. Zelensky expressed frustration with Washington's continued making of predictions. He said to help Ukraine, there is no need to constantly talk about possible invasion dates. Russia has denied it plans to invade Ukraine and dismissed Washington's failed predictions, including those from President Joe Biden himself, as hysteria and fake news. In addition to that, Kiev Kiev has also denied it has any plans to retake Donetsk and Ugansk by force, their other uh, areas of uh, Ukraine, and that Ukraine is longing for peace. Western leaders have called on Putin to withdraw troops stationed within Russia near Ukraine's border, but have refused to take NATO membership for Ukraine off the table, in spite of the fact that Moscow for decades has insisted that the alliance of uh, Ukraine in NATO on its doorstep would present an unacceptable security risk. So here's our first question. We've laid out the facts as best we understand them, the uh, threatenings and slaughterings, the, the speculations, the prognostications, all of these things regarding what purportedly is happening or going to happen soon. So the first question is, does NATO really pose a threat to Russia? Russia contends that NATO presents a threat to Russia. Why? Because NATO, being an organization, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, choreographs Europe as an invisible security uh, block uh, against Russia. The whole idea was to prevent Europe and the Western world from Russia. Why? Well, because in the Cold War, Russia was a clear-cut enemy. So, the U.S. and NATO insist that indivisible security is interpreted as the right to choose alliance membership freely. So, they're saying that because of the Cold War inheritance that uh, the Western world has received from Russia, it is necessary for NATO to be expanded. Even Western pundits who opposed further NATO expansionism tended to dismiss the idea that NATO could be considered a threat to Russia. Now, that is the viewpoint of the West. But what is the viewpoint of Russia? You see, on this program, we continually say that viewpoint determines destiny. And what is often missed in all of these kinds of discussions, no matter how serious they are, it's the viewpoint of the respective parties that is not really considered. Not really. So we see things through our own eyes. So on this program today, you're going to see through the eyes of Russia. You're going to see through the eyes of Putin. Now, in order to do that, 
please be advised that this broadcaster, yours truly, is not going to be declaring that I agree with those viewpoints, but merely what those viewpoints are. And viewpoint determines destiny. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a national people think in their hearts, so they are, and so they do. And so they agree with certain geopolitical uh, ideas and policies and so on. While NATO argues that Russia has nothing to fear, as NATO is just a defensive alliance of peaceful democracies, it's difficult to convince Vladimir Putin that that's real. Why is that? Because NATO now is expanding and has been expanding on Russia's border. So, that brings us to the next issue. Why Russia and the West failed to create a united Europe after the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the USSR, collapsed. Russia wanted to ally itself with the Europeans since the 1990s. So why are we in the position that we're in today where Russia is the odd man out, never got received in? Well, it's not that difficult to figure out. First of all, you have the trust issue. You see, Russia, since 1917, in the Bolshevik Revolution, and the introduction of radical communism through Lenin, uh, applying the principles of Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, uh, determined to rule the world, determined to save the world through communism. And so you had the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, all of those countries, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and all those stans, together with uh, Ukraine and uh, Eastern Bloc European countries, all were part of this great Russian USSR expansion to save the world through communism. The world wasn't real happy with that. In America, we had a profound anti-communist movement. You might remember McCarthyism. People mock it today, but there was a reason for it. The reason was that people were afraid. They were afraid of Russia. They were afraid. In fact, uh, uh, Khrushchev, in the time of uh, uh, Kennedy, before Kennedy's assassination, had declared that Russia was going to take over the United States and it wouldn't even be necessary to fire a shot because the United States was so weak, so truly weak in spirit, morally degenerate. Now that may sound strange to you coming from Russia, but Vladimir Putin just about five years ago made the same statement. In fact, he said that Russia had become the moral model for the world and that America and the West had torn down all 
morality and uh, Christian morality, and Russia was the final bastion to restore Christian morality in the world. Now, you might laugh at that, but that's what he believes. That's his viewpoint. And if that's your viewpoint, then you're going to act accordingly, aren't you? That's what we do. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So he acts. As you think in your mind and your heart, so you act. If you think about divorcing your spouse, you're likely to divorce your spouse because that's what you're thinking. If you don't allow those thoughts to take over your mind and heart, then you're not going to take that action. It's just, that's just how it works. That's a biblical principle. So now, we're in a situation where we need to test where Russia is with regard to NATO. That's where we go next. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Our viewpoint always determines destiny. There are no neutral viewpoints. And as we talk about wars, rumors, and Russia today, we're going to see how this plays out and uh, can affect not only the geopolitics of the world, not only people's lives, but also biblical prophecy being fulfilled. And so... As I mentioned earlier, uh, I would urge you, if you want a bigger understanding, not only of the issue with regard to Russia, but other nations as well, and how this is playing out uh, on the near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ, you should seriously consider getting a copy of my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle. For He who rules the Temple Mount is deemed to rule the world. But let me let you in on another truth or a truism. And that is, while it's said that he who rules the Temple Mount rules the world, it is also said that he who controls the energy rules the world. Oh. The energy. Friends, this matter with Ukraine has everything to do with energy. Whether you realize it or not, whether it's even being talked about, it has everything to do with energy. And we'll get to that. When the Soviet Union, Union, uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republic, uh, dissolved, 
back in 1990-91, a document emerged from March 1991 that shows that the United States, the UK, the French, and German officials discussed making a a pledge to Moscow that NATO would not expand to Poland and beyond. It ended up being published by the German magazine Der Spiegel this last Friday, and comes it, it, it reveals a lot about why Vladimir Putin may feel the way he does. According to these, this document back in 1991, quoting the document, we made it clear to the Soviet Union, as well as in other negotiations, that we did not intend to benefit from the withdrawal of Soviet troops from Eastern Europe. NATO should not expand to the east, either officially or unofficially. A British representative mentions the existence of a general agreement that membership of NATO for Eastern European countries was unacceptable. That would include Poland. That would include East Germany. That would include any of those other Eastern European countries that were part of the Soviet bloc. Now, why is it that that was such a sensitive thing? Because, you see, Russia felt that if we're going to release these countries and we're not going to have the union of Soviet Socialist Republic uh, countries anymore, then that is exposing us in a security sense to what happens with the adjoining nations. Therefore, if the adjoining nations that have been part of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics were then to be absorbed into NATO, that would put a risk, a threat, on the border of Russia that it was not willing to accept. So apparently, NATO did promise Moscow it wouldn't expand. That is not being accepted now. So Israeli National News came out with a piece by Mark Langfin, who is uh, an American, and he wrote an interesting article called One Word That Will Stop Putin's War Machine. Respect. Respect. Now, what does he mean by that? He means understand where Putin is coming from. What is his demand and why? His demand is don't allow any further encroachment of NATO on Russian borders. You've already done that, contrary to your agreement back in 1991, and we're not going to put up with it anymore. And if you want to accept Ukraine as part of NATO, you have pushed us too far. That's what he's saying. Now, you're not hearing that in the news. But there is another valid viewpoint here. At the same time, Carolyn Glick for US for Inter, excuse me, Israel National News says that in the context of this crisis, 
U.S. credibility has hit an all-time low. An all-time low. That's a serious thing, friends, because if the U.S. is now seen and perceived as weak and not able to understand the greater dynamics of what is taking place, partly because of internal politics in America. Remember Russia, Russia, Russia? What did the Democrats do to try to take down Donald Trump? Oh, he's a Russian agent. Now we discover it wasn't Trump that was the Russian agent. It was Hillary Clinton who was coordinating, paying folk. Even within America's uh, CIA and so on, paying people to distort and come up a false story to try to pin Russian uh, affection on Donald Trump. You see, this is part of the backstory here. Now, we're going to move from that, and we're going to take a look at where Europe really fits in this picture. And for that, we need to go to Germany. Here's the headline in another article. Germany has no plans to allow Ukraine to join NATO. The German chancellor has said that the row between Russia and the West is potentially dangerous but can be resolved. That NATO currently has no plans to admit Ukraine as a member despite Moscow's demands that the U.S.-led military bloc pledge not to expand further toward its borders. Now, why is this important? We're starting to get into the real problem here, the bigger problem. It's not just NATO. It's not just the Russian border. It's not just the security issue. That is a major issue, but it's not the only one. Why would Germany come out contrary to the rest of Europe, and basically come out and say, we have no plans on behalf of NATO to allow Ukraine to join NATO. Here's the reason. Listen carefully. The reason is that Russia has Germany over a barrel. Germany receives 70% of its energy from Russia. Remember the issue with regard to uh, the Nord 2 pipeline? And Donald Trump sought to prevent that from going through, something that Vladimir Putin was insisting upon in building, and Donald Trump said no. This is too dangerous. It's too dangerous for the world. It's dangerous for Europe. It's going to cause Europe to become totally dependent upon Russia. No, we're not going to do it. Along came Joseph Biden, and he immediately soft-pedaled the whole thing 
and said, okay, go ahead, Mr. Putin, you can do your pipeline. He completely undid the protection that Donald Trump had put forth in order to protect Europe and the United States over the issue of control through energy. When Mr. Biden came into power, the United States was the number one producer of oil and gas in the world, having taken over from Russia and Saudi uh, Arabia. Now, the United States is an importer of oil and gas. We could have supplied oil and gas to Europe. But now Europe is dependent upon Russia. You can see then why Europe, and particularly Germany, is not all that excited to come on board and fight a war to get Ukraine into NATO. Because they're afraid Russia will cut them off from the power that they need and Germany cannot function without outside energy, oil, and gas, and they are the number one uh, industrial country in Europe. The latest report now. Underground gas storage facilities in Europe were 95% empty as of February 17th. Russia's state energy giant and major gas exporter Gazprom made this declaration on Saturday. That means that Europe now has only 4.7% of its gas reserves left for the remainder of the winter season. Do you have any idea what this means? This means that Russia has virtually dictatorial control over NATO, over Europe. Can you also then understand why Mr. Biden, in his profound weakness, having destroyed America's ability to produce oil and gas in just one year, now has no power or authority to deal with this Russian issue? We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Wars, rumors, and Russia. That's what we're talking about here. And now, in this final segment of the problem, of, of the program, 
we move into the realm of understanding the prophetic significance of what is taking place. You see, prophecy is fulfilled not the way many of us think about it. We think in a, a very short term, uh, we don't see the trajectories, the movements of history, how uh, it's, it's almost like chess pieces being moved on the board until God gets his checkmate uh, to accomplish his ultimate purpose. So, here is the headline that came from the Western Journal uh, just a couple of days ago. Biden kills Israeli pipeline project. Wastes golden opportunity to hobble oil exporter Russia. Not only now did Joe Biden completely reverse the blessings that uh, Donald Trump had brought to the United States by facilitating the United States becoming the number one producer of oil and gas, making us completely independent of anyone else's oil and gas. But Joe Biden reversed all of that. You know about that. You heard about it when he cut the uh, the uh, pipeline coming from uh, Canada. He also prevented us from further development of, of shale oil through fracking. He did everything he could to prevent the United States from producing oil and gas, supposedly in the name of environmentalism. It has rendered us weak. Mr. Putin knows that. He also knows that he has Europe, and especially Germany, over a barrel. They are addicted and utterly and totally dependent now upon Russia. The United States itself cannot help out because Joe Biden has already invaded our own reserves so that we don't have reserves left. Then, as if that were not enough, Joe Biden also killed the Israeli pipeline project. Israel wanted to take its blessing of the natural gas that was discovered over the past 10 years in the Mediterranean and create an East Med pipeline that would fuel Europe so that Europe would not be dependent on Russian gas. Joe Biden crushed it. And it all hopes for the East Med pipeline. It was said this was a disastrous decision that imperils European security and opens the door for further Russian energy hegemony in Europe gas markets. It could have been reversed, but now probably not. All right. Why is that important? If we go to Ezekiel 38 and 39, we find what is called the Gog and Magog War. This is a war in which I, and most, most uh, uh, 
people who are looking into prophecy believe that it's speaking of Russia, uh, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, being the leader of this secret confederation that will arise in the latter days to take a spoil in Israel. What nations will be part of that confederation? Well, Persia, which is Iran. Is Russia involved with Iran with regard to nuclear power and gas and energy? Absolutely. Russia built the Bushehr reactor for Iran. Russia's up to its eyeballs in doing a do-si-do with Iran. They're birds of a feather. Russia's not Islamic, but it's 20% Islamic. But they're, you see, they're, they've come together over energy. Then in addition to that, it says Libya will be part of those nations. Libya is an oil-producing country. Then also Sudan or Kush, also oil-producing. Turkey. Ah, Turkey is not oil-producing, but it's in a position to where the Russian oil was being ferried through Turkey on its way to Europe. Turkey receives vast wealth as a result of that, and power and control with Russia over Europe, now even over Israel. Now what happens when God in his mercy and in the fullness of time decides decides to do a little divine fracking in Israel? It's well known by geo, uh, petrogeologists that there is vast oil underneath Israeli soil, just as there were, they discovered vast gas reserves out of the Mediterranean off the coast of Israel. So what happens then amid this kind of geopolitical situation where the pressures have mounted so greatly, and Russia and Iran and these other nations then would seem to have the rest of the Western world in a jugular hold. And then all of a sudden, God, in his mercy, does a divine fracking job in Israel, and through a significant earthquake, opens up the fissures of the earth to cause oil to spill forth in vast quantity. Do you know where, my friend, the great battle? Have you heard of the battle of Armageddon, Armageddon? Have you heard of that? Do you know where that is? That is exactly at the place there in the Valley of Jezreel, where it is strongly believed that Israel's oil can be accessed. Now, why would Russia, Gog and Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and 
Persia, Iran, and Libya, and Sudan, and many other nations with them who also share their alliance with Russia over this issue of global control, perhaps even China. China's desperate for oil. They have none of their own. And why would Turkey get involved in this? Tagarma. And why would Gomer, I believe the Germanic tribes, why would they be involved? We just described why they would be involved, friends. That when push comes to shove, if you have to have energy from Russia and the entire uh, petrol energy situation is disrupted by massive oil coming forth from Israel so that Israel is not dependent. Israel now can uh, reduce the value of oil coming from Russia. By the way, Russia is now experiencing massive wealth as a result of the rising prices of oil, as is Iran, as is Saudi Arabia, and so on. This is funding Russia's goal. This is funding Vladimir Putin's ability to attack Ukraine. So, we're now in a situation where they would have every reason to attack Israel to take a spoil. In other words, to take dominion over Israel's oil and probably gas at the same time in order to protect their hegemony that allows them to gain vast wealth by control of energy, to actually also became king of the mountain, to rule and reign, it's moving very quickly. Biden administration will delay oil and gas leasing while appealing legal ruling. Senator John Thune, Biden gave Putin a lifeline to fund military actions. What was the lifeline? Oil and gas, the Nord Stream pipeline. These things are not neutral, friends. Viewpoint does determine destiny. If you don't have a biblical viewpoint, destiny may not be what you hope it to be. And now, we deal with the final issue. Why Putin hasn't been deterred. Victor David Hansen has a piece in the Epic Times, uh, February 2nd, uh, asking this question, why hasn't Putin been deterred? Now, he has a lot of very good things to say in here. And I would refer you to what he says. But what I want to spend the next couple of minutes on is not what Victor David Hansen says about why Putin hasn't been deterred, but why, on a deeper level, Putin hasn't been deterred. And here's the reason. Vladimir Putin believes that Russia is destined to be the savior of the world.
There's a 1,500-year-old prophecy that says Russia would be the third Rome and there would never be another. The implications of that is that Russia is the final repository of Christian orthodoxy for the world, and it will be the ruling Christian enterprise to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are those in Russia who actually believe that Vladimir Putin is that man to bring that to pass. Now, if you believe that in your mind and your heart, if Vladimir Putin believes those things, which he does, you can well understand then why he would be willing to stand against the United States, against Europe, against all comers, because he believes that he has a firm hold on the trajectory of history and prophecy. And now, in Russia, Vladimir Putin, that is Moscow, and the, or the Kremlin, and the Russian Orthodox Church now are virtually merged into the ultimate expression of church and state. Very much like the Vatican and the papacy are the merger of church and state. So, the Kremlin or Moscow is merged with the Russian Orthodox Church, and Vladimir Putin believes that he has a unique calling to protect and expand Russia to accomplish what he believes is a holy purpose. Is it a holy purpose? That's between him and God, or between God and the rest of us. But we're seeing now that these things are coming to pass just as the Bible said they would. Wars, rumors, and Russia. I hope this has been somewhat helpful. There's much more we could talk about. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic End Time Battle, and a $20 book yours for $15 on the website, saveus.org. Become a partner, friends. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. It's getting tougher and tougher and tougher. God bless and be a You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.